Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Luke Cobray. Well, hello everybody. My name's Luke and I am a pastor of a church in Redmond, Oregon called Journey Church. But this is where I came from. It's such a privilege to be here at the Rock Church with you guys on this day. I just am so excited that God has given me the opportunity to be here in this moment to speak something that I know God wants to speak into your heart. And this is a pretty wild season that we're in right now. And I know that many of us are trying to figure out how do we respond in this season. Let me give you a little bit of story about myself if you don't know who I am. I grew up here at the Rock Church. My parents, Jim and Debbie, founded this church. And, and, you know, many say I'm the son of the house. This is the place that I'll always call my home. A year, a little over a year ago, my wife and I and a few other people from the Rock moved up to a town called Redmond, Oregon, in beautiful central Oregon to start a church. We partnered with, with some of our friends there in central Oregon to start a family of churches called Journey Church. We have had an amazing time getting to know some of our friends and our new family members in Central Oregon. And God has definitely just opened up amazing doors of opportunity. If I look back in the season that we were in a year ago from today, it's just, it's it's surreal to see how much God went before us in setting this up. Well, as the story goes, we launched our church journey in Redmond on February 24th. It was an amazing launch. We had such a great time. We had several hundred hundred people show up on our very first weekend. We had to have two services on our opening day. Things were going great. The next week we had momentum. We were were just going. The, The town and the people around were excited about Journey Church. Our third week was even better. We were just starting to get tighter as a team and things were really looking good. And then something happened. You might know what happened. This thing called coronavirus put a stop to everybody's life almost in a moment. I remember, as a matter of fact, it was a Thursday morning and we had just heard that the government was asking people to, to start withdrawing from public services. Our friends or our part of our family of churches in Bend, they were having the conversations about whether or not to even hold a Sunday morning service in person. And the call came to us to ask us what we thought about doing. Are we going to meet or are we going to cancel? We called our school that we meet at, the Redmond Proficiency Academy. We asked them what they thought, and they gave us the go-ahead to continue meeting in that moment. But we decided, it was a very difficult decision, we decided to, to stop meeting on that Sunday for the, for the sake of the students at that school, to take a break, what we thought would be a week or two, break and meeting in person to let this kind of pass over. And as you know, the story in the West Coast goes that we all got shut down. Schools have now been closed in Oregon for the remainder of the school year. We're looking at church closures or public gathering closures at least until the middle of May, if not longer. And in doing so, everything that we had planned, all of the momentum, all of the energy, all of what we thought God was going to do in in a moment stopped. And so we've been going online and we've been having our services online and that's been great, but it's been very, very different. As a matter of fact, I've been talking with a couple of other of my church friends that have started churches recently or in the last few years have have planted a church. And we've kind of just been bouncing ideas off of each other. of What is it like to pastor a church in, in a completely online environment? 
And a lot of people have been asking us just because only having three weeks of church services before our, our churches were essentially closed is a very unique perspective. And I would say this to, to probably you feel the same way as we feel, and that is that life kind of came to a sudden and, and quick halt. It just got stopped very abruptly. And now we're in this season of waiting. Checking the news on a daily basis on when are things going to open up? How, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? What is the government's plan? What do we do in this moment and in this season? And life has a way of doing that to you and I. It has a way of, of, of quickly and abruptly changing plans. And there are seasons of plenty and there are seasons of famine. And today I want to talk to you about what we're doing in this season. Because I believe with all of my heart, that in our case, the church that we started, that God knew about this long before we knew about it, but yet God still led us in this journey. And I know that wherever you are and whatever you're doing in life, that God knew about what was going on in your life and what would happen in your life long before you ever knew about it. And God has a plan for you. And I want to talk about that plan by taking you to a story, a story of a man by the name of Isaac. Isaac is the son of the famous Abraham, who was the father of the Hebrews and the, and the nation of Israel, and really one of the forerunners of our own faith. And Isaac is Abraham's son. And this is a really interesting and unique story about Isaac in a season of famine. So if you have a Bible or have a means to, to look at Scripture, I want to encourage you. Let's go together and let's look at some Scriptures together. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 26. But before we read Scripture, I'm going to ask God to speak to me. Ask God to speak to you because I believe that it's not my words. I believe that it's what God wants for you. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us wherever you're watching at home or abroad or wherever you are. I believe the Holy Spirit right where you are wants to speak to you. So let's pray. Father, we welcome you into this place. God, we welcome you into our homes, into our lives. We welcome you into our hearts and into our minds. Speak to us through your scriptures and, and teach us your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you've got a scripture or if you've got a Bible or a means to look at a Bible, let's go to Genesis 26. I want to take you to this scripture. Isaac is now an adult. He's grown up. His father has recently just passed. And so now Isaac is on his own. This is his time to live his way in life. In Genesis chapter 26, verse number one, comes up and he says these words. It says, there was a famine in the land. Now, I want to point out something to you. That it says, it says, there is a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac's father. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. This is really important to, to, to take a note of. So just kind of make a mental note of that. We'll look through a couple of scriptures and we're going to come back and just look at some of what this is saying in these moments. So there's a famine and it's a different or a new famine for Isaac. And verse number two comes on. It says, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but dwell in the land and I shall tell you. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you. God goes on and he says these words. He says, sojourn or, or temporarily dwell in this land and I will be with you. I will bless you, and for you and your offspring, I will give to all of these lands, God says to him. He says, I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. 
He goes on, he says, I will multiply your offspring as the stars and the, the heavens, and I will give to your offspring all of these lands. And in your offspring, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he finishes by saying these words, because Abraham, your father, I'll put that in parentheses, obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. And I'm going to pause right there. That's the section of scripture that I want to look at today. So I want to point out something. Verse number one of Genesis 26 tells us that Isaac came into a season of famine. It's really important for you and I to both understand that there are seasons in life. That life is very seasonal. There are times of plenty and there are times of famine. There are times where we, where we sow seed. There are times where we gather seed. There is a time to, to, to embrace Ecclesiastes. says there's a time to withhold from embracing. And we're in that time right now. But life is very seasonal. You see, we're so blessed to live in America and the land in which we live and the culture and the society in which we live. Things are really good for most of us. But we also need to understand that that's a season, that it's not always going to be the way it is. And so often when seasons change, we have a tendency to look to God and to cry to God and say, God, why is everything changing? Why is it not the way it was? Why did it happen like this? Why is this going on? Why is this not happening? But this is a season. And so it tells us that, that Isaac was in a season of famine. And it says this, it was besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. You see, what we want to emphasize in this moment, what, what the author of Genesis is writing right here is pointing out that it is one thing to look back on times that were hard with other people's experiences. And it's a totally different thing to experience your own. It's one thing to talk about a famine that people have gone through, and it's something completely different for you to live your own experience. And this is really important to recognize that this is not Isaac looking back to his father's experience, but this is Isaac's experience. And I want to point out just in this moment that everybody goes through seasons at different paces. And maybe right now you're looking at a place where it is a famine for you. Or right now it's a place where you get to withdraw and just enjoy a little bit of downtime. Whatever season you are in, do not judge your season by what somebody else is going through. Because each of us will have to endure our own seasons. It's really easy in today's day and age to look at somebody else and say, I can't believe they're having such a good time. I can't believe it's so easy for them. Well, wow, I wish I could be like them. Or to look at somebody else and say, well, you're just making it a bigger deal than it should be. But to recognize that everybody goes through their own season at their own pace and to know that and to acknowledge that. This is the story of Isaac's famine. Very different from anywhere else. And so as Isaac is looking at this time where there's no rain, there's no water, the land is dried up, food is, food is scarce, people are starving, Isaac gets it in his mind to go to Egypt. And we'll talk about Egypt in just a moment. But as Isaac gets it in his mind to go to Egypt, the Lord appears to Isaac and says, Do not go down to Egypt. 
but rather go to a place I will show you. And Isaac travels to the land of the Philistines, to a city of the Philistines. The Philistines in biblical times to the Old Testament represented hardship. The Philistines represented battle. They were the mortal enemy of the nation of Israel as they progressed. And so as God calls Isaac down to the land of the Philistines, what God is essentially doing to Isaac is saying, I want you to stay here where the ground is hard, where the environment is hard, where the surroundings around you are hard. But if you listen to my words, if you heed what I have to say, I will bless you. And God goes on in the next few verses and actually gives to Isaac his father's blessing. This is a blessing quoted straight out of Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis 12, God tells Abraham, if you leave the land of your fathers to a place I will show you, he says, I will make you great. I will make you a great nation. I will give you descendants like the stars in the heaven. And everybody who sees you will call you blessed. This is the promise that God now gives to Isaac that God gave to Isaac's father, Abraham. And I love what it says, but it's so important to see what it says in our context at the very end in verse number five. It says that God told Isaac, your father Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and commandments and statutes and laws. Now, I don't know if you know this. I, was, I, had, I just learned this just a, not a long while ago myself. But there is not a word in the Hebrew Bible for obey. It doesn't exist in the Hebrew language. The word that we translate obey in, in, in our language today does not translate in the Hebrew language. It doesn't exist. That word that God tells Isaac that your father obeyed is the Hebrew word shema. And the word shema is, is the word to hear, to incline, to, to listen to what I have to say. So in the Hebrew culture, there's not a commandment that says you must do this. But rather, there's an, there's an intimation in the words that says, listen to what I say. And if you listen to what I say, your life will be better. And so God extols Abraham in this by saying to Isaac, your father was blessed because he obeyed. In other words, he heard what I had to say and he listened to my words. And because he listened to his words, he was blessed. And now this promise goes to Isaac. And so here's, my, here's the takeaway in this moment that I want to point out is that God gives you the choice. What are you going to do in this season? What are you going to do in this time? How are you going to spend this season potentially of famine or the season of withdrawal or this time of waiting or wondering what God is at work doing? What are you going to do? Because you have been given the free choice to make your decisions. But what we see here in this moment is that God tells Isaac these words. He says, do not go to Egypt. Because Egypt is a really important image. You see, what happens to you, what happens to me in times of pressure, is we do everything we can to escape that pressure. We try to get out of it. We try to withdraw. We try to squirm away. We do everything we can to figure out ways to get back to the way it was or to get out of the pain that pressure causes. 
That's why we see in this moment, in this time, in this culture, with everything that's going on in our world, we see that alcoholism is on the rise. We see that drug use is on the rise. We see that gambling and, and pornography websites are, are exponentially growing right now. Why? Because so many people in this moment are trying to find ways to escape the pressure of the here and the now and to go somewhere where it's a little bit easier to find a fix, to find a way to fix our issues. And that is what Egypt represented. You see, Egypt had its source of, of, of plenty and of, of agriculture based on the Nile. But the Nile did not come from Egypt. The Nile comes from the heart of Africa. I've actually had the chance to be there in Lake Victoria in the beautiful nation of Uganda and to be on the, the source of the Nile. And the Nile comes from the rainforests of Africa. In other words, the, the climate of Egypt does not impact the, the, the productivity of the Nile. But on the other hand, Canaan, where Isaac was in the land of the Philistines and in this region, depended solely upon rain in that region. That if the mountains and the, the ocean did not give up its dew or its rain, that there would be great famine. And so going to Egypt, to Isaac in this moment, was the logical, was the smart, and was the level-headed thing to do. But God asks Isaac, don't go to where it looks like it'll be logical. Don't go to where you think everything's going to work out. Don't try to fix the problem that you're facing in this moment the way you think it should be fixed. But rather, stay where I tell you to stay, and I will bless you in doing so. So Genesis 26 goes on and it tells us the story of Isaac and Isaac has a little blip in the history of his relationship with his wife and they go to Abimelech and they go to the land of the Philistines and they see that Isaac's wife is very beautiful and so Isaac does what his father Abraham did and says, well, she's my sister. So he tells them that so that they don't, he's afraid that if, he, that if they know she's his wife, that they'll kill him and take her for themselves. And so he lies about his wife and they find out about this and they approach Isaac and say, why would you have done that? You could have put us in a lot of problems and a lot of trouble. And so Isaac goes and he corrects that and he says, I was afraid. And, and it goes on and it tells us the story, but it picks up once again in Genesis 26. But this time in verse number 12, it says these words. It says, Isaac sowed in the land. Now, I want to point out, this is a, this is a famine. There is no water. There is no rain. The ground is dusty. The ground is dry. People are starving. People are hungry. Everybody else is holding on to their seeds and their crops so they don't waste it in a time when things will not grow. But it says that Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him, and the man Isaac became rich. He gained more and more until he became very wealthy. And so Isaac sowed in a season of famine when everybody else withheld and everybody else waited and everybody else looked at the environment around and they said, this is not the time for me to sow. God told Isaac, this is the time for you to stay and I will bless you if you listen to my words. And so Isaac sowed in the season of a famine and Isaac became wealthy. Isaac was blessed. The promises of God were proven to be faithful to Isaac. 
And the lesson for you, the lesson for me as we look at this season in our life, as we look at what's going on around us, as we look at what's happening to us in our culture, in our world, in our society, is this, that God has a plan for you. That this is not a season to withdraw. This is not a season to hold on. This is not a season to hold back. This isn't something that God, I believe, doesn't even want you to sit and wait it out. God has a plan for you to do something in this season. And here is my words for you. To plant in the present. What do I mean by that, plant in the present? What I mean is that you have no other time except right now. You see, yesterday's gone. We don't know what tomorrow holds. All you have in your life is right now. There is no better time in your life to sow a seed of faith, to do something new, to step out with what God is calling you to do than right now in this season. Because this is all you have. We don't know what anything else might hold. And so we can sit back and we can look at the environment around us and we can say, well, when things return to normal, when things resume the way they were, when things go back to the way they used to be, then I'll resume with my life. I'll pick up where I was. I'll continue doing what I was doing. Or we can, like Isaac, listen to the words and the encouragement of God to say, this is the time to sow a seed when nobody else is doing anything, to step out in faith and follow in God's direction and God's leading in God's favor to see what God wants to do in you your life. I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 11 tells us. This is the, the wisdom of Solomon. Many believe Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived in the face of the, of the earth or in the history of humanity. God asked Solomon as a child or as a young man, what is the one thing, Solomon, you want from me? Solomon could have said power. Solomon could have said influence. Solomon could have said a great kingdom. But here's what Solomon said. I want understanding. I want wisdom to know how you know, to see how you see. And God said, because you have asked for wisdom, I will grace you with it. And Ecclesiastes gives us this, this somewhat sarcastic or even pessimistic view of life. It's just all is vanity, as hard as you work, and everything is the same, and it's just cycles and seasons. But Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says these words in verse number 4. It says, He who observes the wind will not sow. He who looks or regards the clouds will not reap. And what the wisdom of Solomon is saying in Ecclesiastes, and Solomon refers to himself as the preacher, so what the wisdom of the preacher says in Ecclesiastes is, when you look at the environment today, today's not the day to do that. When you look at how the wind is blowing or when you look at the weather, today's not the day for that. Maybe the forecast for tomorrow looks better. Let's wait for then. Let's wait for the conditions to be just right. Let, let's, let's just kind of wait this out and we'll go to the next time. There's, there's always tomorrow. There's always next week. There's always next month. But the wisdom of Solomon says this. It says that if you look at the wind, you'll never sow. If you regard the forecast or the clouds, you'll never reap because there will never be a better time than right now for you to do what God is calling you to do. And so many of us, even myself included, are in this season or holding pattern of, God, what do we do? How do we, how do we press on when it seems like the world is telling us to withdraw? But I believe this is the best time in your life to press into what God has for you. 
That I believe with all of my heart that God is speaking now more than we have ever heard before. And he is giving us the opportunity to take some time and to lean into his words. To lean into his ways so that like when God promises to Isaac the promise of Abraham and Abraham who obeyed or that word is to hear and to heed the words of God that you and I, it could be said of us that we heard the directions of God. That we heard what God was speaking in our hearts through his Holy Spirit, through his words, through his scriptures, through, through what we've been given in this moment. That we could respond in a season of faith instead of holding back in a season of famine. Because do you think that Isaac felt dumb digging up hard, stony, and dusty ground when everybody else around him was sitting back and waiting? Do you think Isaac felt foolish putting seeds in the ground when the sun was baking the dirt and the people around him are saying, why would you do something like that? This is not the time to sow a seed. But yet, despite what everybody else was doing, despite what the environment around him uh, was, was looking like, despite the weather, despite the rain, all of these things, God told Isaac, I want you here. And Isaac stayed faithful to the promise of God. Isaac stayed faithful. When it seems like it was time to quit, Isaac stayed where God wanted him to be. And I wonder for you, I wonder for me, I wonder when it looks like it's time for us to quit, to throw in the towel, to just withdraw what God is speaking into our lives, he wants us to do. To sow, to grab a shovel or a pickaxe and begin to break up the dry, dusty ground of this moment, of this environment, of this season. To sow a seed of faith so that we can see the faithfulness of God. Because ultimately what we see in this story is that God had a plan for Isaac. God wanted to bless Isaac. Do you remember how I said it's one thing to, to, to talk about a famine and it's something completely different to live in a famine? And so Isaac was no longer in a season where he was talking about his dad's famine, but now Isaac was living in it. Well, the same is true to the faithfulness of God. It's one thing to talk about the faithfulness of God. It's one thing to say, well, God was so faithful with them and God was so faithful with them and God was so faithful here in this story, but it's something completely different to experience the faithfulness of God in your own. And this was the moment of defining for Isaac's life. Why? Because God wanted to prove to Isaac that God is who he says he is, that his words will come to pass the way he says they will come to pass, that his promise is never empty and there is no time like the present to plant a seed. And so God wanted to bless Isaac, but Isaac had to step out in faith. But not only did God want to bless Isaac for Isaac's sake, you got to get this. God wanted to bless Isaac for Abimelech's sake, for Philistines' sake. Because the story goes on that Isaac was so wealthy from this harvest, that Isaac had so much in return, that the Philistines came to Isaac and said, you are growing too strong. You have too many resources. You have too much available to you. We want you to leave. Get out of our area. And Isaac had to leave. And so as Isaac traveled and he was blessed by God by listening to the words of God, he would dig up wells of water and the Philistines would come in right behind him and fill him in with rocks. And he would dig another well and they would come in right behind him and fill him in with rocks. Why? Because God wanted Isaac to see that God was faithful. But God also wanted the Philistines to see that God was with Isaac. And the story goes on to the end of Genesis, the 26th chapter, that Abimelech, his general, and his advisor seek out Isaac in the land of Canaan. 
They come and they approach Isaac and they say to Isaac, Isaac, we need to talk. And we pick up here in verse number 27. Isaac says these words. He says, why have you come to me? Seeing that you hate me and you have sent me away from your land. Abimelech and the, the advisors say to Isaac, we see, look at this, plainly that the Lord has been with you. Let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and between us. And let us make a covenant with you, Isaac, that you will not do us any harm. Just as we have not touched you, we have not done anything to you but good and have sent you away in peace, even though that wasn't actually the case. But look what they say. Because you are now the blessed of the Lord. You see, God wanted to bless Isaac so that Isaac would know himself God's faithfulness. But God wanted to bless Isaac in the land of the Philistines so that the Philistines would know that Isaac is blessed of God. That Isaac is a man who walks with God. You see, in this season of famine, it's tempting to go find Egypt for ourselves. It's tempting to go back into the things that make us feel better about ourselves. It's tempting for us to try to find ways to relieve the pressure of what we're feeling in this moment. But God said to Isaac and God says to you and to I, when you feel like quitting, press in, lean in, and I will bless you. And you will see the faithfulness of God. You will see that God's promises are true. You will see that God is who he says he is. But not only will you see, I believe that God has somebody in you your life that he wants them to see that God is faithful in your life. You see, you're not blessed just so you can have blessings. You're not, you're not prosperous so that you can have a good life. You are blessed so that people could see that God is in you. Jesus says these words. He says, when you are a follower of him, you are a city on a hill, a light that cannot be easily hidden. Which means that when people see you, they don't see you. When people see you, they see God. And you are blessed by God in a famine so that you would know that God is faithful to you. But you are blessed by God in a famine so that somebody in your life can also know that the God that you serve, His name is Jesus Christ, the Father of all creation, is the God who is faithful to his word and to his promise to you that when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else in your life would be added to you. This is why this is not the season for you to withdraw. This is not the time to wait it out. This is not the time to look at tomorrow and say, well, tomorrow's the day I'll begin my life or in a month or a week or, or a year from now when things go back to normal. But right now, what is God calling you to sow a seed in? Because I want to encourage you to plant in the present. This is the time for you to press into the Word of God like you've never pressed into the Word of God. This is the time for you to draw close to Jesus in your relationship with Him, to know Him in a personal level like you've never seen it before. This is the time to grow, to grow closer to your children while they're at home. This is the time to evaluate the people who are important to your life. Don't just wait this season out. But plant in the present because God has a harvest for you on the other end. So I encourage you, grab a shovel, grab a pickaxe into your life and start breaking up the ground of the famine around you. And sow a seed of faith, a seed of faith in Jesus, a seed of faith in the future. 
A seed of faith saying, I trust that my best days are yet to come. And I believe with all of my heart that you, that me, those around us who call Jesus our Lord, our leader, we will see what Romans tells us, that all things work to the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that every person that's watching this, wherever they might be, God, that you would speak to them a seed to sow in this season of a famine. God, that you would give to them comfort to step out of their comfort zone so that they could walk in faith and be who you have called them to be in this season, at this moment in time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.